Um, so we all meet by like the check-in at Skankfest and he comes down holding a tissue to his nose and we're like what and he's like oh I, I cut my like my nose while I was shaving and it won't stop bleeding that is not the story you say dude <laughs> you're at this is at Skankfest, at Skankfest. you tell the believable story I accidentally got into a fight my bad <laughs> that would have been better <laughs> that would have been a better story yeah, I would have accepted that lie but first a word from our sponsors it's the vibrator that has no equal and now Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine the Motor Bunny Buck Enjoy a fan whore discount at manwhorepod.com slash motorbunny or use promo code manwhore at checkout. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the whore boys and the girl bros, the cock rockets and the cunt pockets. This is Billy Presida and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. This week on the pod, I have gone fellow podcaster Shannon Lee. And before we hear from Shannon, we're going to be hearing from Norma Buster about revenge porn. Uh, but first... You ever call someone daddy by accident and you're just like, how'd you make me do that? Hmm. That takes some talent. I, I, I have, I keep getting behind on making OnlyFans content because my phone storage always seems to be full. And no, I don't want to go into the cloud. I don't know if I trust that shit. Okay. I'm allowed to have a few irrational things. I got the vaccine, but I don't believe in the cloud yet. Let me have that. I think that's okay and healthy. And so I'm, I'm never, I have been running out of room on my phone. And I finally today I sat down in between editing and just like went through the phone to delete all these fucking pictures and videos and just shit I don't need. Screenshots I thought were going to just be direly needed in my life that never were needed. It just, it, they never came up. I've never gone to look back at those. So I just need to clear a lot of that shit out. Not to mention they're just like an insane amount of, uh, you know, pictures and videos and ugh, I don't want to say content. So I shall say media of like me with my, with, with various exes, you know, from Paige to Megan and all sorts of folks in between. A lot of titty pictures. Uh, back, back when I was openly accepting nudes from listeners, uh, yeah, I would just kind of save them on my phone from the email. And so I just kind of said like a, a, a last farewell to uh, many tits that may be listening out there. And, um, you know, a few pairs of balls too. So I had to scroll all the way back to when I first got a smartphone in 2012. And I'm not even done right now. Like I'm, as I'm recording this, uh, around like 10 PM, I'm in like the winter of 2019, you know, before all the, before that happened. And, and, uh, and, and I've already deleted over 5,100 items. And it's wild to go forward in that way because, like, I'm going through relationships that have ended, uh, some that ended really fucking badly and kind of have to like relive those fucking relationships the good, the new, the exciting, the first fight, the second breakup, the final big event, the drama that goes on afterwards. I'm seeing the sex that we had. I'm seeing the cute shit we got each other. I'm freeing up so much space on my phone and in my like soul right now. 
you know, it's not like I'm deleting everything from my past, but I'm definitely getting rid of like a lot of excess. I did. It It was tough to say goodbye to some of the nudes, I will say. So long, Tatas. It was very nice occasionally seeing you by mistake while scrolling on my phone. Except for those two times I used them with the coconut oil. Ta-ta. TTs. Bobos. For a guy who, like, uh, started a podcasting career with, like, that was all about delving into my past. Gosh, am I, like, excited to finally be, like, moving forward. I finally feel like I've got, like, forward propulsion in my life. This is so fucking strange. By the way, we've still got spots open in the Fan Whore Fantasy Football League. Uh, I think we've got like four or five slots open. We'll do a 10 or 12 team league, depending on the turnout. Uh, we do a $30 half point PPR league. Uh, if you're interested, shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com and you can connect with the very few fellow fan whores who enjoy both um, slutty stuff and fancy football. Also, ManhorCon, oh boy, coming up August 12th to August 15th. Right now, there's, uh, there's coordination in, on our, in the Champagne Room, our, our Discord server. There's some coordination about the, uh, the edibles that may or may not be present. And we still have one room left. There's just, I don't know who wants to snag this. But we got one room left. It's got two queen-size beds and is $813 for the entire weekend. No, not per person. I mean, everybody for all three nights, four days. Uh, so if you want to join us in upstate New York, August 12th to 15th, you do have to be vaccinated. Uh, and you can, again, email me that at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Norma Buster is the client relations manager at C.A. Goldberg Law Firm here in New York City. We record a bonus episode that's coming out tomorrow exclusively on Patreon, and we're talking about revenge porn. We're talking about digital sexual violence, and we're talking about Norma's story with a, uh, with a stalking ex-boyfriend and how she was able to get some revenge porn taken off of Pornhub. So that'll be out tomorrow for all my $5 and up fan whores on Patreon, but right now uh, I'm inviting Norma on to talk to us a bit about what to do should you find yourself the victim of revenge porn. Here's me and Norma Buster. All right, I'm back here with Norma Buster from the C.A. Goldberg Law Firm. Uh, we don't know what a PLLC stands for, <laughs> we uh, we decided. so. Uh, but she works with Gary Goldberg, one of the premier uh, lawyers working around uh, revenge porn and tech-facilitated abuse. Uh, nor- we just recorded a great bonus episode coming out exclusively on Patreon tomorrow where we talked about revenge porn and, and your story of, of experiencing that with your ex and the work you all do at your firm. And I thought it would be beneficial to listeners to to get like a practical kind of step-by-step guide of like i am now the victim of revenge porn what do i do okay so the first thing that you should know is that this isn't your fault because i think a lot of us put blame on ourselves and society tends to put blame on the victim of this kind of crime for even sending pictures so you should know this isn't your fault um Take screenshots of everything. Document everything. If someone is even threatening to do anything with your intimate images, document everything. If they are contacting you after you ask them not to, screenshot that. Just try to save as much evidence as you possibly can. Depending on where you have your images posted, you could get them, you could try to get them removed. So a lot of 
websites now have forms on their site for like non-consensually posted images. Mm-hmm. Um, Any images or just nude images? Usually sexual images. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, usually it's nude. It can be harder to get other stuff down. But I mean, if, if you like, own like what? Like text, like just like getting intimate like text. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. text down. Um, or like if someone says something about you online, like it's really hard to get like something that someone says about you offline. Sure, sure. That's right. that definitely feels like it's a different process. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different process. It's harder. It's um but that could be its own conversation. Sure, sure. Um but you want to try to rem- like report it to get it removed, but make sure you're taking screenshots of the image on the website as well as the actual URL. Mhm. Mhm. Um and I would recommend like saving everything to a folder, maybe um, save the file name by the date and the website, something like that. Find some way to organize, find a person or people in your life who can be there with you through that process. So whether it's a family member or a friend or just a trusted adult or someone in your life, you just want to make sure you're not going through this alone because it, it can be a very isolating thing to go through who did you have through in your life through your process i so i had my friends and i had my parents who were there with me and helped me to find support but honestly find like the first person who told me that it wasn't my fault was carrie that's wonderful (laughs) so that was like a moment that kind of turned everything around for me Uh. because suddenly like i realized i'm not in trouble like, I'm not trying to get myself out of trouble. Like, I'm just literally the victim of a crime. Yeah. Um, so that meant a lot to me. So no matter who it is, like, find someone who thinks that way, who who will be there and be understanding and judgment-free. Um, and if you don't have a good support system, I think you can look online. There, there are a lot more resources than there were five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of survivors online who are willing and ready to talk to other survivors and to help them figure out what they need to do next. Um, you should look up the laws in your state surrounding revenge porn mm-hmm. or non-consensual porn, um, as well as the laws in the offender state if they live in a different state from you. And what kind of laws like are there? Like what do these laws kind of look like? I know each state might write them a little differently, but what are some of the like semi-universal principles of the various revenge porn laws? Usually it's something around um, the non-consensual dissemination of intimate images. That's Mm -hmm. like the kind of phrase that you'll usually see or some variation of that. Um, Some states have a clause about intent to harm so that you have to prove malicious intent of the poster, which can make things more difficult. Can you just, like, just because I thought this was a hopeful moment, can you just briefly describe your experience of getting it taken, your um, your revenge porn taken off of Pornhub? Some of which yeah. you mentioned was like shot of you underage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I immediately went searching for a phone number or something because I just didn't know where to go. Um, I found some random phone number for Pornhub. I think it was for the premium side. I don't even know. But... <laughs> they were like, go on this con- this form on Pornhub's website and get it removed. And so you just say who you are. You give the link to the profile or wherever it is and say, these were posted without my consent. I was underage in one of the pictures. Mm-hmm. And within 27 minutes, it was down. Fabulous. I feel like there's a lot. I mean, 
I feel it. And that was five, six years ago, right? So yeah. it's like, that's not even now after they've been getting all that bad press and they're actually tightening shit up. It's like that I thought was a little hopeful nugget where it's right. like, I feel like some people think they're going to go to like a platform, the platform, they're going to get lost in the in the swell of customer support yeah. tickets. But but you actually got help, at least with Pornhub. Like you got some immediate, let's get this down. Yeah. And that's that's good to know that like there are platforms that will take your report seriously. Right. And like I, I don't I can only speak for myself sure. and for cases that I've seen. Not everyone has that same great experience with Pornhub. Oh, so okay. but I mean it's a lot better than what we see on like Twitter and Facebook and yeah. Snapchat, you know? Um, so we, we covered, get it taken down, document, have support system. Uh, what else should someone do uh, in, in this process? So as far as like remedies for like what to do in this situation, some people will make a criminal complaint that that could be one route to go where right. you're trying to hold the offender criminally accountable. So that they face some charges or something. Um, that's one route. There's also getting a family court order of protection. That's a good option for a lot of people, too. And it's something that our firm often helps people do. What does that get you? So basically, if you get a family court order of protection, it's an order to this person that they cannot contact you. Um, and the specific terms could be different depending on like what you put in your petition and what like the attorneys agree on and kind of how it all goes down. But... For example, my restraining order against my ex-boyfriend says that he can't ever contact me or my family or any third party to get to me. And he also had to delete any images he had of me. Any negotiations about gym use? <laughs> yeah, my gym is did not... You, did you he, get to claim Tuesday afternoons? I got to claim <laughs> the whole gym. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Seriously? Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. In the bonus ups, we talked about how like he like, you know, when there was still some uncertainty, he was like kind of hanging around the gym and, you know, people had to like walk her to the car. And I was, oh, that's I was yeah, no, no, like, I'm glad that that was actually put in there. Literally in the restraining order. He cannot go to that gym. He cannot go to my work. You got to go some shade home. gym, like retro fitness or something. You know, you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now I don't even live in Jersey, but sure. he's banned from there for like... Good, 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 good. But um, that could help because if the person does contact you or does violate that restraining order in any way, like including posting your pictures, like if you report that, that could be a criminal violation. So they could face criminal charges for violating a family court restraining yeah. order. Is are, are, Can you bring civil suit? Is there a way to seek damages? Sometimes. But a lot of the times what we see is that the offenders are like judgment proof. So if they don't have money to sue for, sure. then there's nothing you it's can get. It's a loser get. in mom's basement. It's like, what are you going to take? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times these offenders like don't have a lot to lose when they're doing something like posting someone's intimate images. So it, it could be an option depending. There's so many more factors that get into like whether it makes sense to sue someone mm -hmm. that it's not always the best option. Being the onboarding person, do you get calls from people who like are clearly in pain, but you tell them like legally you're kind of shit out of luck right now? Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. My role is to meet with people one on one for an hour and go through the details of their situation and how it's impacting their life and what they're looking for. And sometimes like I have to be realistic with people after that meeting, after I discuss with Carrie and the legal team and we talk about like, can we help them at all? Like, 
sometimes it really is just telling them like the limitations of the legal system. You know, we even though we believe you and it's very clear what you've suffered here doesn't mean it's necessarily like a criminally viable case. So that right. is part of my job. And it's honestly like probably the hardest part of my job is, is to do that because we're fighting for people and using the legal system to get them justice. But we also have to be realistic. Like what are the limitations here as far as like the criminal justice system, but also like the way we can't force tech companies to actually do something mm -hmm. about these problems because of the laws that we have in place. So like we can't force like Twitter to take down um, intimate images of you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, well, Norma, thank you for sharing some of those steps. Is there, is there any other tips you would uh, give to anyone um, who discovers that they're the victim of revenge porn that they should know that we haven't covered yet? Let's see. I think we've covered a lot. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, I would just remind them, like, you're not alone. Yeah. Because... I can't emphasize enough how isolating something like this can be. And the amount of people I've spoken with who say to me by the end, like, wow, you're the first person I ever told this story to. Yeah. Like it, it really hits me. And like every time I, I share it with people too, like right. what I've been through, if I feel like it'll help them. And like, I always like visibly see this like sigh of relief. Like, Oh my God, I'm not the only one. There are resources now. Yeah. So they might be hard to find, but they're out there. Well, speaking of which, uh, Norma, like where could people go to find you, to find uh, the law firm you work at, to find resources? Our website is cagoldberglaw.com. That's B-E-R-G. Um, C.A. Goldberg Law across all platforms. And my Twitter is Norma Buster and Instagram Norma Buster underscore. Well, uh, Norma, thanks again for chatting with us. And uh, Five Dollar and Up Fan Whores, you're going to hear her bonus episode tomorrow on Patreon. And why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody one last time. Okay. Thanks, Billy. Bye, everybody. Again, Norma Buster's bonus episode will be out exclusively on Patreon tomorrow at patreon.com slash podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. And over on Patreon, you will find uh, over 200 bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast. You'll hear me with uh, past guests like Nina Hartley, Andrea Allen, and my seventh grade crush. Ooh, that one's a doozy, huh? And I want to actually read a really sweet message I got uh, over on Patreon this past week. It comes from Tom, and Tom writes, Hey, Billy, I noticed in your recent pictures we have the same thinning hair pattern. Mine thinned when I was 20, and I've always been insecure about it to the point where I never take my hat off. This actually made me smile as you're such an attractive guy. Hearing how confident you are on your podcast and learning more about body and sex positivity from you over the past few months is becoming a game changer for me. My confidence around sex and dating was poor in my 20s, but having just entered my 30s, I'm finally and steadily realizing my bi identity, exploring kink, and learning I can feel sexy and that it's liberating. As my pal who passed away last year would say, fuck on. Oh, Tom, well, you know, uh, thank you for such the kind words. We can leave out the thinning hair part. You know, that that's still touchy. I'm glad you're so comfortable in it now, but uh, everything else was awesome. Thank you for that. <laughs>
And, uh, and I'm glad you are joining us in The Peep Show. Uh, the Peep Show is our uh, super fun Telegram group chat where we just share like nudes, gifts, and compliments all day, every day. It's available to uh, all of my $10 and up members on Patreon. And uh, real quick, I want to give a shout out and a thank you to Haley Dundas, one of my Patreon members, part of Fanhorn Nation. Thank you for your service. You're a real lifesaver. And I want to say thank you to Clara Stern. Thank you for the hot tip. Much appreciated uh, your support with your doll hairs. And again, if you want to uh, support this podcast, if you want to, if you think what I'm doing, some good work, if you're having laughs, if you're learning new things, if you're finding out something new about yourself uh, and you want to show your appreciation, you can become a member today at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. You actually have to go to the URL. You can't, you can't search it in the app until you become a member. And, you know, content moderation is weird, right? <laughs> Shannon Lee is a fellow podcaster. She hosts The Thing Is podcast, and she's a producer over at Gas Digital Network, which is a network full of a bunch of comedy podcasts. Uh, Tracy Carnazzo kept telling me I have to talk to Shannon. I got to talk to Shannon because Shannon hasn't had sex in years. Uh, and then I forgot that, like, Tracy Carnazzo is just, like, you know, fascinated by uh, fellow people who don't get to have sex for uh, many years uh, at a time. But I get to, I get to, you know, Gas Digital to record the episode with Shannon, and she's just so laissez-faire about the whole thing. I was like, oh, everyone is freaking out on your behalf about this. You're fine with it. So we, uh, so we chat a bit more just about, like, her relationship histories and, uh, and why it's, why it's been so many years since she's, uh, since she's had some. Not that there's anything wrong with uh, with not just it's you know so it's, it's always shocking to me so uh, yeah here's my conversation with the sexless Shannon Lee longtime fan whores know that I am a huge fan of the Motor Bunny oof fellas not for nothing get like a nice like reasonably sized butt attachment for the Motor Bunny and you can have some fun with it too it actually turns your dick into a vibrator. Yeah, if you get if you grab a hold of it while while it's in you, holy shit, you're like this is one time I had I had an ex who who straddled me while it was in me and then she was like, "Babe, your dick is vibrating in me." What other sex toy turns your penis into a vibrator? I do not know. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. The Motor Bunny is not like a cheap sex toy. The Motor Bunny isn't even like one of those fancy $200 sex toys. Motor Bunny's got a bit of a, of a price tag on it, but one, for one thing, you can get $40 off when you go directly to my URL, manwhorepod.com slash motorbunny. And over there, you can actually finance this thing. Yeah, like your, your iPhone, your laptop, maybe your TV, your car. You can finance your fuck toys now. How cool is that? There's, there's a lot of things I don't like about this country at the moment, but the fact that you can finance a vibrator, oh, say, can you see by the garden and I, yeah, uh, I'm into it. You can finance the Motor Bunny for as little as $84 a month. So that plus the $40 off with promo code MANHOR, the Motor Bunny has never been more affordable. It's never been more within your reach. 
And they even now got a new toy, the Motor Bunny Buck. So it's like all the awesome things about the Motor Bunny, and then they added a thrusting element to it. So it's even more so a fuck machine. And once again, you can finance this baby, plus get $40 off manhorpod.com slash motor bunny. Now let's get to the show. I'm never like, I, I don't know. I'm on both sides of everything. So it's like, there are some times where I'm like, I mean, let's, is this ever going to happen again? Like, let's get it going. And other times that I forget it's a thing, mm-hmm. which I've said so much. It's like, if it wasn't for the fact that I work with so many guys that are constantly talking about fucking, <laughs> I would almost, I would probably forget that people do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, do you not feel like the urge and desire or just has it kind of been diminished for so long? So um, here's the thing. I feel like, and I, I guess I won't speak for all women, mm-hmm. so I'll just speak for myself, where it's like, if I, and this is no dig against the guys that I work with, but- I'm not around anybody I'm attracted to. So mm. I'm not thinking about having sex with anybody. And it and and so that's why like the thought isn't happening. Like if I had like a crush on somebody and the thought would cross my mind, then it would start like the engines going, but it doesn't happen. So yeah, it's just it's just not a thing on my mind, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I should say right now I'm here with uh, Shannon Lee, one of the producers here at Gas Digital Network. Hello, hello. Welcome Hi. to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, well, every time I talk, Tracy Carnazzo, every time is just like, do, do you know that Shannon Lee hasn't had sex in a, a gazillion years? <laughs> yes. I think also compared with the headshot, you just go like, how? <laughs> What's the problem here? <laughs> There's plenty of problems. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so uh, so your big th- the hook seems to be the uh, the you have not had sex in how many years? It's been three years and four months. Really counting? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, because it comes up so often, so I have to be ready to answer the question. But yeah, it's been three years <laughs> and four months. Was there a long gap before that too? Yes. Let me think for a second. There, there was there was not immediately before. So um, before that, it had been two years. Mm. And this was something that was resolved via a dating show on the SDR show, which is another show on the network, where they just did like a silly thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down for whatever. And uh, they had like a bunch of guys submit for this thing. And then one of the guys who didn't end up winning, he came here from North Carolina, like he drove here Mm -hmm. for this contest. And then afterwards, I was like, I should probably talk to him. You know, he (laughs) seemed like a sweet Southern boy. And, And then, yeah, we ended up like continuing to talk for the next like month. And then he ended up coming back here, and then it ended up working out very briefly. But it did, and so. But before well, that, briefly mean like ninety seconds, and then he was like, "Ah, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I can't say anything bad." Like he was an angel of a person, especially when it comes to dealing with me. And like, the, I am a nightmare, and he was an angel. Um, but before him, it was two years, and then so it was him, and then I went back to like an ex for a little bit, and then the three years happened. Mm-hmm. And 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 what and why why such uh, long gaps? Is just because you're like I don't really care. Do you not care about sex that much? It's just it's not like a like for example like the women that are like I just want to get married, and I don't care who I plug into that position, you know. Or it's like I just want I want like this end result, and I don't care who helps me get there. Mm. It's like I am I would like to have sex one day, but it's not going to be with just whoever. Like it mm-hmm. has to be like the stars have to align in the right way because I have to like feel and it doesn't have to be someone who I'm going to get married to or be in a relationship with even mm-hmm. just somebody that I like feel comfortable with and connected to. And that just hasn't happened. Does the comfort and connection serve its like own purpose for you or do you associate like comfort and connection with pleasure? Both, because like for for me, at least like sex would not 
it's not enjoyable with a stranger. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, I, and it's nothing against people that do. Maybe people do have get pleasure out of that. But for me, it's not a thing. So it's like that's why it would it's it would have to be like a buildup of like getting to know somebody or whatever before getting to that point. Sure, sure. I mean, and have you ever in the when it started taking so long in between? Were you were you having an issue with it, or have you always been this laissez faire? Yeah, I don't think so. I think maybe like at the beginning where it started to get to like eight months or so, where I'm like, this isn't going to happen again, <laughs> and then and at this point. It, it, there are times where I'm like, am I going to – now that so much time has passed, am I going to get to that point with like a new person? Is that even going to happen? But that's – I'm more concerned about that relationship, like connecting with a person. Like that's an issue to me. The, the physical part isn't isn't that big of a deal. Sure. I mean, what was like – what was your history when you were younger with that? Also, you're ambiguously aged. Uh, I feel like I you could be so. 29 or you, you are – I was like, you could be a great 42 <laughs> or you could be 29. I have no idea. I'm 39. You're 39? Yeah, I'm 100. <laughs> uh, when I was in my tw- – like I'm – I don't do any – I work now. Like that's my life yeah. basically. But in my 20s, I mean, I've been a bartender since I was 20. And uh, and so like my life was the nightlife, so there was like a lot of drinking and stuff. So, but there I've never had a one night stand with mm-hmm. anybody. It was just a uh, like us all going out and partying and be around being around each other. It would like it would happen more often. I mean, but anything is more often. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I had like you know a series of boyfriends. So this this was never. A thing before well, those earlier like bartending time was that was that good sex back then like do you have memories of good sex yeah yeah i do mainly with boyfriends though because like uh-huh. that you'll settle into a good place eventually yeah. um yeah yeah but uh, guys i'm dating though you know it was never never really too casual of a thing those guys that i dated mm-hmm. and then by the time you're like working and hustling and grinding it sounds like it's just something easy to put on the back burner. I feel like there's a lot of people like they, they can get so into work that the whole eh, relationship, sex, whatever that can come whenever it comes. But then like, who's helping Shannon come, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I, it's just that it, yeah, I'm neglecting my personal life by focusing on work a mm. lot. And, and that's like, you know, my relationship with friends and whatever is part of it. But the other part is like not meeting new people. I mean, the only new people that I meet are people in the industry, which is like, that's not, it doesn't count. It's, not the most desi- <laughs> it's also not the most desirable industry, a bunch of comedians. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, cause then it's like, who has a podcast and who's going to talk about what, and then who's, t- who who's talking about what's happening. Like, that's not, I don't want to be like in there like that. <laughs> So, but I don't meet people outside of this industry, really, mm-hmm. which is my fault because it's not like I'm going out. But also, all of my friends are married with kids, so they're not really introducing me to people. And then I try dating sites, but like I am a weird type of picky. Oh, <laughs> I try, I try, and I'll have them on my phone for a couple of months and then delete it because I get annoyed. But like, first, I'm I'm pretty superficial, and then once I get past that within the first couple of sentences of conversation, if they say one thing that's stupid or annoying, I'm out immediately. So I never have even gotten to the point, at least not in the past several years, to like meet the person in real life because I get annoyed before mm-hmm. we even get there. Do you think you're just like subconsciously just trying to find reasons to not even have to bother? No, no. And I also, even though I say I'm a nightmare, when I, and I, I did I have am. written down here for later, <laughs> why are you a nightmare, I which I feel like we'll get to later. Yeah, there's so many reasons. <laughs> so many reasons. But when I will share 
like the the text conversations like on my show or like with a friend and I'll be like am I crazy like did I react in the wrong way and they're like no that was really stupid mm-hmm. and you should have responded that way so it's not my fault I just happen to be a magnet for like what I'm not looking for mm-hmm. which just has to be my fault in some or way or maybe your geography of Staten Island I'm not sure just gonna toss it out there throw it into the wind <laughs> I mean it, 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 that's definitely part of it but I mean where is there I mean yeah Staten Island has a reputation but where are there good ones well I and this well then this goes into like what what is a good one for for you so I guess let's start with the superficiality it sounds like physically like what what are we what are we even looking for if we were gonna have that little baby crush that maybe makes you even interested to be like, oh, I'll talk to this person. And if I fuck, if he doesn't annoy me, yeah. I, I might sit on his face. Like how, do, <laughs> like what's that, what's like that initial little, what do you look for? What do you dig? So like ideal. How many abs does one need? <laughs> so the abs aren't the important part. Okay. I don't need. A lot of people just like yeah. breathe aside. <laughs> yeah. really. It's not, but I like a big guy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, six foot and above i mean i could do five ten you know but like six foot and above ideally but like the face she made at five ten <laughs> like it was the biggest consolation <laughs> i get a lot of shit uh, amongst like the five eight ish comedians where they don't like when i say this but uh but <laughs> those yeah. are all just guys who wish they were five nine <laughs> and, and i understand that but uh there I, but there have been guys that i've been interested in, in the past that fall below that line but it, Ideally, mm-hmm. and it, and that also is me. That also is a problem with myself. And I I understand that this is like an insecurity where if I'm not with somebody much bigger than me, then I feel like I'm bigger. Mm-hmm. So that's why I need like the biggest guy. And tattoos don't hurt. I like someone who's scary looking on the outside, but who isn't like that scary. Mm-hmm. With me, at least, like the bouncer, everyone could hug. All of my ex boyfriends are bouncers. <laughs> well, every single one. Everyone's a bouncer with like a sleeve of tattoos. Yep. Yes. Tans, gyms. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then once we get past like bigger than you, is there any other like look stuff you you go for? I think that's like the most important Just... thing. Is like first it's height. Mm-hmm. And then like, and and again, they don't have to have tattoos, but it's like, I don't want to be the more tattooed one. And I'm prob- moderately tattooed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then everything else, like, I'm fine. Like, I, I don't mind a bald guy. I don't mind. I don't, I'm not really a long hair kind of person, but it's fine, I guess. Sure. But yeah, everything else, I don't care. Sure. And if someone, and so when you see someone who, who you're attracted to and they've got that height requirement and seems like they're kind of a cuddly bear, but they could like start a bar fight if it, if it was needed to defend someone's honor, right? right? That kind of a guy, mm-hmm. someone who like, who respects his mother, right? You know, that kind okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm, Staten Island values, respect for the mom seems to be I would important. like to uh, <laughs> deter from this line of, <laughs> of questioning because I am not from Staten Island. I just oh, currently live there. Okay. I'm okay. from Brooklyn. Oh. Which is a very different thing. What was your like upbringing around like sex and dating? Um, I mean, it's not something that like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, yeah, it wasn't like an open subject in the house. But I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember anything like glaringly obvious about it. I mean, like my my sister, I have like one sister, mm-hmm. and like we just went in completely different paths in life. Where she's my baby sister, she's six years younger than me, and she's married with three kids. With her high school sweetheart. So she had like one and done and she was good. And I'm just like, never. It's just never going to happen. <laughs> but that's good because then I have nieces and a nephew. So I don't need the kids. Did they have like strict rules about boys or anything like that? 
Not really. I mean, not really. When I was like 15 or 16 and started to like talking to boys, it was just like you can't go into a car with a guy unless we meet him. And then I ended up, of course, doing that because I'm a teenager. And uh, <clears throat> I remember one day, it was a guy that he, he was much older than me, maybe like five years or so. Mm-hmm. But that I think goes into a dangerous category of now oh. in today's standards. <laughs> and uh, he had like a nice car. I think it was like a, a Cam- of course, it's a Camaro <laughs> with like the racing, racing stripe on it and it was a whole big deal and so like we started dating but I didn't tell my parents and I don't even know why I don't know why I wouldn't have told them but I wasn't allowed to be in the car with him and then we would hang out and he would drop me off up the block from my Mm. house that my dad wouldn't see if he was looking out the window and then one day um, we're sitting in front of the house like on the block like sitting in the car making out and saying goodbye and then I see my parents car like pull out of the parking spot and drive away and I'm like oh my god he just saw the whole thing I remember being like a young child, so I don't know what age that would be, like eight or 10 or something, mm-hmm. and my mom sitting me down to explain to me the whole process, and I remember drawings being involved in the explanation, but it was a very like clinical explanation of like, this is how babies are born, and then that was that was it. I don't remember any, and I, I should have been warned because like my taste in men is not, you know, the best. <laughs> like I feel like I should have been warned more than like, don't just worry about the car. Like there are worse things out there you would you didn't need just like a, a sex ed you needed like a, a primer on men like yeah. in the shit storm you were going to walk into right yeah yeah like don't let them do this make sure that they do this like with my nieces i'm like this is you know this is what you have to tell it like don't let a boy do this and make sure he does this and it's okay that he spends money what are, what are some of the tips you're giving your niece how your niece is like how old my niece is 12 yeah but you're never too young to get That's them right yeah you gotta, armed and ready yeah because like just get like because now you know you gotta start thinking about boys at that age at mm-hmm. like 12 so it's just like you know don't don't ever think that you're asking too much because i feel like it's just so so much in the opposite direction especially like the type of girl, which I feel like is most, that they're just dying for the attention of the guy and will allow anything mm-hmm. to get that attention. And it's not okay. Where, the, where, even though it wasn't being talked about, did you have questions? Were you just like, ah, uh, you know, or was it just not on your mind? About sex? About sex, dating in general. That yeah. was all like friends stuff. That was all mm-hmm. like to my friends. All of my friends like had sex before me and had boyfriends. And like, I was, I was the gross one of the group growing up. I was like chubby, braces like all crazy hair and uh my like my best friend was like the prettiest girl in the school and it's like she obviously chose me as her friend because i would never be competition in any way and that like showed its face several Uh times in our friendship because like there would be like a guy that had a crush on and then he would talk to me and of course the reason he's talking to me is because he wanted to be hooked up with my best friend but uh but in high school i was also the safe friend be like can you talk to her at lunch you're yeah. not going to do anything I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think this was like late ju- yeah, late junior high school to early high school was when like I was still in like yeah. a weird place. But yeah, I think all of my learning came from just hearing friends' stories of like what they were doing and then kind of went from there. Yeah. Did you Do you remember getting any like wild tips and you look back now like, why the fuck was that? No, we don't stack donuts around the dick and eat around it. That's no, ew. I don't think so. I think that's more boys maybe, you know, share that amongst each other. Yeah, I don't remember anything crazy from the girls. Mm. So if someone's got the physical attributes you're into, you maybe you've got that little crush and you're like, I'm curious. You get to the point you're chatting with somebody, you're talking, there's flirting going. What what starts getting you there when we get into the personality part? Oh, boy, it's been such a long time. But here's like one part of the beginning issue is – I interact with so many different people regularly Mm. and I'm fine with it. 
if I am interested in somebody, that goes right out the window. And I am not a normal person anymore. I can't have a conversation. I get like nervous and like sweaty and I, I can't. So it's like if I have a little bit of a crush and I'm not sure how the guy feels, I <laughs> it's never going to happen because I am the worst. Well, I can't imagine you shy. It's, Even if I've never like heard you speak, I would be like, how is that person ever shy? It's really, really bad. Like there was one person, this is, I mean, it's a while ago, where um, there was like a little bit of like interest expressed and then we ended up on the phone and <laughs> so stupid. I'm trying to think of what it even was that he said. Something to the effect of like, oh, I'll, I'll see, I'll talk to you soon then, sweetie or gorgeous or something. And they just giggled. They couldn't say anything back. It's so bad. I'm like a very like awkward, awkward, weird person in that in that situation. It's really bad, which makes it all worse. <laughs> I mean, do you feel like it's it's not actually a pro- Like, do you feel like you're, uh, the, the people and your friends around you make it to be more of a problem than it is as opposed to just like a statement of fact about your life i think guys make it more of a problem than it is like my guy friends do because they can't fathom going that long without it i think my it's funny because there's some of them who probably do go that long without <laughs> it and they're still like i don't understand anyone could <laughs> someone hold me <laughs> possible um girls are just like it's also like they're understanding and they're just like i get it you yeah. know just whatever they're more like are you dating anyone? Like, are you trying? Are you putting yourself out there? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Like, they focus on like the core issue, which I understand yeah. that to be a core issue. But I am back in therapy now, so I'm worried. She has her hands full with me, but I'm working on it. <laughs> we're, 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 we're we're fans of therapy. I think uh, something I, I'm not solo poly or anything like that myself, but something I like to lift from them is the uh, the idea that like our most important relationship is with ourselves, and like how we're gonna have a dope relationship with other people if like we still hate ourselves so you know that's that's always good to do yeah hopefully the therapist says like spend a little less time at work <laughs> go out there <laughs> go to a, a bar <laughs> go something it's a, it's a lot to ask <laughs> but the, the self-hatred thing is something that has been uh rearing it's i've become more aware of it recently mm-hmm. and how bad it is and how it affects like my decision making and like my day-to-day life so that's something that is but my my problem with getting out of that with like doing the work to get out of the self-hatred is like and this is what my therapist is working with me now is that what if those bad thoughts that I have about myself are true you know what if i'm like i say all these bad things and they're true so now am i supposed to lie to myself about those things like i don't know how to no now it's the of hard that. part of change of growth and change right it's like oh like <laughs> how can you love shannon more <laughs> just a little bit I, I don't want to ask too much of you <laughs> yeah. i i don't well i don't i don't know the answer of how to love myself more i don't know yet how to get there yeah but like, what do you what do you hate everything <laughs> come on now come on now i hate ev- everything. I, I bet i can name i can list like at least a half dozen things you would say oh, no i'm good at, you know like you take pride in your job from just what I notice online, you've been here for so long. You seem dope at it. I don't think Ralph would keep you around if you weren't and not fucking anybody, right? He's like, he's <laughs> yeah. like, well, then where's the value? No. So it's just like, <laughs> I would imagine that you could take, you have pride in the work you do. Yeah. Right? I would say I'm a, I'm a loyal person. There's two. We just did two and that was like 12 seconds. <laughs> yeah. You said the first one. <laughs> yeah. But like you didn't, you didn't it's argue. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, I think the loyalty is like, that's one of the deep rooted guinea things. I think uh, loyalty. 
Um, yeah. It's a gift and a curse as yeah. one of those guinea things because then you go like you're you're loyal and it's a very strong quality. But then if you're loyal to the wrong people or in the wrong situation where it's like, bro, you you are fucked up here. Yeah. Uh, that can also get us in trouble as, as well as keep us in shitty relationships. Yep. <laughs> I can't leave. I'm, I've got to be loyal to my yeah. to my man, to my partner, whatever. Yep. That's true. Except it's not loyalty. I don't think that keeps me in that has kept me in the past in bad relationships. Uh-huh. It's that because this is just my guess um, is that because I so rarely connect like and I say intimately, I don't mean physically. I just mean like deeply connect yeah. with people so rarely that I'm able to open myself up to that point. Like my group of friends is from like 20 years, you know, not new people. Um, and so it, it's that once I do love somebody, I feel like I love them forever. You know, so it's like my family members, there's nothing you can do. Like I can get mad, but like we're never going to separate that. Like I love you and that's it. And that's how it is like with my, like I've had like four significant relationships where I loved them and I'll always love them. Yeah. And it's so, like while in the relationship, I'm like, well, I still love him. So I'm not going anywhere. And that's what makes it last too long is that the feeling doesn't go away. So I don't leave. Mm-hmm. Then, then how how do you end up getting out of those? It gets so bad. Then. I mean, so like, <laughs> I mean, like, what's so bad look like? So, uh, one of them is probably the worst one. Is um, it was ever uh, the worst? All of the worst things that can happen. So, and it's funny because again, how like the how sick the mind is that there was like you know physical like violence that happened a few mm-hmm. times. And while I left briefly, by briefly I mean like a week or two, and then went back. But it was when I found out he was cheating on me. That's where I drew the actual line. And because I'm, that's caught. That's hitting the loyalty factor. You're cheating on the loyalty factor. Yeah, so but like being hitting, shitty to you, yeah, you're if, like, well, I already hate me. This yeah. makes sense. If you're hitting me, at least you're hitting me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's something. But yeah, I couldn't get. I you find out he's hitting someone that. else. You're like, what? You mean there's someone else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that was that's a big that was a big thing. So that's what ended up. Breaking and are those from those like early twenties, the the bartending era? Yeah, actually, this before that, because yeah. uh, this is, we started dating when I was 20 for about three years. He was like 12 years my senior, and uh, he was the reason why I went to bartending school. He's like, oh, do you ever think about being a bartender? I'm like, no, I'm too like shy to do that. I don't want to be like behind the bar in the center of attention. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I'm going to pay for you to go to bartending school. Just try it. See if you like it. And thankfully, like I've relied on that for the past like 20 years of my life afterwards. But um, but yeah, no, I met him actually like right after I got my boobs done, which changed every you know that Stop. changes everything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> go gonna write boobs, boobs change everything? Question mark. <laughs> change everything. Sorry, it's been a while since I thought that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was like right after, like my dating path kind of changed a little bit after that, and then uh, yeah, so I met him through like my family business. Mm-hmm. It's a whole long thing, sure. but uh. Yeah. So he was like the first boyfriend I had since like my high school sweetheart, which I guess mm. was only two years before that. But uh, he was the first bad boy that I dated. And, first uh, of, uh, it sounds like several. I don't, he was the worst one. Like mm. the other ones, while they have their, you know, streaks, they weren't bad to me in that way, at least. Like no one mm. ever, like I learned my lesson from that. That didn't start like a, you know, a whole path in my life of getting beaten by like every boyfriend ever. And I wasn't beaten. Um, but, 
yeah, that was the that was the first and last time that like I dealt with that. And ever and, mm-hmm. and since then it's like if I saw a red flag of that, I'm like, I'm I'm out. I'm not doing that again. Especially the guys I date are so big and I'm not a large person. Yeah. So it can go bad really quickly. It's like you could hold your own with someone like your size. Yeah. Uh like you look tough and like I wouldn't want to fight you. You seem scrappy. But <laughs> <laughs> um you know, what what are some of those red flags you were looking out for then? I gotta imagine even if not as actively that they still are there for yeah. for now. Should you ever date again? <laughs> Don't worry, it won't happen. <laughs> but it just, I guess, like how they handle their temper, um, how they are with their family members, like if they're quick to cut people off, you know, very quickly and aren't like pro- like a, a valuing relationships, processing arguments in the right way. Like if they just like flare up, cut people off or are quick to fight for like what I don't consider at least a good reason, mm-hmm. then it's just too much. I mean, I like a guy that is can keep me safe, but not someone who's going to be a headache where it's like someone's I, – I dated a guy that we would go into a bar and he's like, what's that guy looking out at? And I'm like, no. We're not doing this. We, and, we don't need to get thrown out because someone stepped on your shoe. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and it would it would be that where it's like if someone was like disrespectful to me and it like con like you know if not even just that like it would have to be a lot and then if like hands happened then I can understand it. But yeah, I've had some headaches. There was one guy, this one that uh, was like, oh, this guy's looking at me. I got called. He was a bouncer, and I got called at like four in the morning from another bouncer, and they were like, um, so and so is. Uh, handcuffed to the hospital bed right now so so uh, we'll let you know when they release him and then you can come and pick him up and i'm like great and he had his face was all stapled afterwards it was just a huge and he was a huge guy and uh yeah i don't know how we got into this part of the conversation red flags was the thing well yeah i mean uh, you know a lot of people one you're like trying to teach him to a niece you're trying to you know give her some red flags to look out for because you know dude doesn't have to be 20s 30s to to be like that that's, you know, people can be abusive in high school relationships and college mm-hmm. relationships too. So you're looking out for like your little niece there, but there are definitely people who, um, who don't know what to look out for, who maybe also aren't dating very much. Um, I know somebody who's getting out of their, a 12 year relationship that they started in college, haven't dated. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what do we look out for? You know, like when you say, you know, someone's temper, well, like what, what do you look out for in that? What are, what are the... What can someone, uh, you know, check out? I guess like if the reaction matches the situation where it's like, you know, if someone spills something accidentally and very accidentally and it gets on you, if you're flipping tables over that, like this is a problem, you know, yeah. like that their their anger management isn't right. And if it's not right in that moment and they can flip off the handle so quickly that way, then what's to stop when we're in the heat of a fight mm-hmm. from you putting your hands on me? How so, how someone fights is such a huge indicator. If anything, yeah. if I date someone new, I'm like, I can't wait for us to have a first fight because I want to see right. what that's going to be. Yeah, it's so important. <laughs> Yeah. Or like, just or even to see them angry in general. Like that's so important to like see that. But yeah, I mean that's that's the most important thing. I mean I would have more if I dated more often, but that's that's like the main one that that's coming to my mind. It's just how they handle their anger over like little things. Yeah. So so why are you a nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> so many things. Um well, like I'm um realizing more. Like I had had another ex-boyfriend from like 10 years ago, but we would try again in a way every few years or like a few months and the same things would go wrong and then we would hate each other and split up and then we would forget 
that anything bad ever happened, cross each other's paths again, try again, and just this cycle over and over and over again. And whenever we would try again, he would always tell me, um, I would be like, oh, let me guess, like you're going to stand me up when we hang out or let me guess this and that. He's like, can you just, this isn't the best example of this, but I'll go somewhere with it. And he's like, can you just... um, can you just like see like see it for what it is? Like stop making me fail before I actually fail. And so the whole time though, I'm like, yeah, but I have to use the information from the past. It's not like this is somebody else that did this to me and I'm mm. taking it out on you. You did this to me. <laughs> so it would be really stupid. <laughs> Why ever would you think I would do that thing? Well, do you remember on Mar- in March? <laughs> yeah, so it would be really dumb if I didn't learn mm. from the past. You know, but... um, but. And looking deeper into it, I did realize that I was, I I do tend to maybe set people up for failure by expecting the worst, but I'm kind of okay with expecting the worst because if you're not, that's when you get sideswiped by some crazy shit. It's like with that boyfriend that was cheating on me, I would see on his like, because we lived together for a while, and I would see on his computer that he accidentally that he was on a dating site. And this is like 100 years ago. So dating Mm -hmm. sites weren't really that much of a thing. And I saw that he was on a dating site. And in my mind, this is like not yet jaded Shannon. I was like, oh, he probably because he was a little chubby back then. Now he's jacked. But uh, (laughs) he was like, uh, you know, maybe he just needed the attention, the validation, even though he's dating like a 20 year old fresh new boobs me (laughs) but uh but he yeah i was like oh he probably just needs validation for someone else and then as time passed and then i noticed this was the time of like nextels you know that beep beep thing um and there would be a times where he'd be like hey babe i'm downstairs and i'm like you're at my house and he's like oh wait i'm sorry i'll call you right back and and i i know and i and I was like, oh, that's weird, but not weird enough to like really focus in on it. And then as time went on, and then there was like a, a nickname that would come up. On well, his... yeah, what, what do you do there? Did you go downstairs? Wait, no, he, well, yeah, I wasn't there. No, he wasn't there. He wasn't at my house. And then what's the fallout from that? That's like a real glaring. That's, that, I, that's... I don't I don't remember. But he is like, a, you know, this type of guy is yeah. like very manipulative. I was a child. So like, I don't know anything. I, I was 20. You know, mm. this is like my second boyfriend and my first garbage boyfriend. So, you know, it was definitely a learning experience. And this is probably what a lot of other people pay for now. But it's like because... I, I let that go and I believed whatever excuse that he said at the time. And then all the little things that I would kind of notice, I would let them go. And I'd be like, oh, it's probably this. It's probably not this. And then he probably just needs validation from other girls until one day I I did a little spying. <laughs> and then it, it all it all came together that the girl he was with right before me, he never actually stopped dating her and was fucking her the whole time. And we and one of the times that we were split up for two weeks and I wasn't at the house because he hit me, mm. she was at the house. And yeah. And so I overlooked all of this stuff. And this broad was like in our apartment and I had no idea. So the reason why I go into all that is now because I was so stupid and I missed the signs and I expected like I gave someone the benefit of the doubt and I was hurt probably more than ever in my life. Whereas if I'm aware and understand what the possible negative outcomes are, I feel like that's I would prefer to protect myself than just open myself up and get hurt hundreds of times over and over again. I wonder like how much of you uh, is like 
like doesn't trust your own judgment about men versus like uh you know has the high standards for the men themselves like i wonder if you don't trust the men if you don't like if you don't if the men aren't shit or if you're like oh maybe just my taste in men is bad so i shouldn't even bother no, i don't trust men mm-hmm. i know plenty of for men. good reason yes. by the way <laughs> this isn't just my guessing yeah. men usually suck mm-hmm. you know and they're gonna fail most of the time so it's like should i just push that out of my mind for the hopes that one time that they're not going to fail, that seems silly. Would you say like every relationship, even if it was like brief, like the North Carolina boy, but like, would you say, well, he was a nice boy, sweet boy, we say, but outside of that, would you say like pretty much anyone you've had like any emotional interest in ended up showing themselves to be a a shit bag? I don't want to use the word shit bag. You may replace it with whatever synonym <laughs> you would like. Just because, the just the idea of like, is your dating history just so rifled with not great to terrible that like you're like, maybe that's just what en masse it is. I don't know. I mean, so my high school boyfriend was like an angel. Like that was a very different thing. He doesn't fit into any of these other things. He was just a different thing. So like mm-hmm. I'm going to not count him. The other three – we're all the handfuls. Yeah. So this one that I'm talking about, we'll call him one. <laughs> so he he was like the real problem. And then there was maybe five years that I would just casually date. Like there were some guys I dated for a few months, but never like feelings. Mm-hmm. So I don't really count them. And then um, the next one was the one that was a problem in bars and everywhere. Um, but he, the issue with him was we got into a crazy, it was a complete, <laughs> in all my relationships, like all, anything you find in a textbook, um, I will have hit a few of the new ones <laughs> in the next relationship. So with this one, we fell into a crazy codependency between the two of us where we were always together. Like he was always at my apartment. Um, if we were somewhere and sitting next to each other and I wasn't making physical contact with him, he would think I was mad at him. Um, it was just, it was... Anxious attachment style. I know that one because yeah. that's me. <laughs> do you know I have both? Yeah? Yeah, I do both. Where mm-hmm. it's like if someone is too much, I am like, get away from me. And if they're nothing, I I then am like, I, I cling on to right. them. Like if somebody new, if they text me, like if they double text, I'm out. It's just it's double text me and like one after the yeah. other. Mm-hmm. That's I like to I use the, I like to use the multi text as like beats. No, but like if it's one conversation, <laughs> but you can't be like, oh, so how was your day? And then two hours later, say something else because then it's oh like, yeah, yeah now well, yeah, dude, yeah. like what are you doing? Like let, give me time, <laughs> right? <laughs> it must be cool, like though that you have this whole like the team here at Gas Digital, even if for fun, uh, they do very much like to to try to quote unquote help for content. Yeah. You know, they've done this the dating episode. I, I remember there was the dick pic contest a few years back that's who the guy is from oh yeah the north carolina guy Mm -hmm. yeah so so does that ever get old do you feel like that's just kind of part of that's shannon shtick at gas it's that it that is it's but it's all real you know but it's like stuff from my past i don't care it's just it's whatever it's all you know we may as well laugh about all of the i meant all like the stunts that i I didn't know if there were any other stunts that they've done or do uh yeah and trying to bring people in yeah the last gang fest which i i keep wanting to say last year whatever year it was 2019 (laughs) i guess it was um they did another dating show for me and do you know about this one i i I did not check out that one um so they had it was another dick related thing because of course it was none of this is my idea of course (laughs) and you're just like it'd be nice to connect with a human being enough that i would actually kind of want to fuck them and they're like let's show them their dick let's show you their dicks first that's 
So, but I mean, it, look, it worked to an extent the sure. first time, but still, I was like, okay, this would be fun for the viewers to yeah. watch. So, why not? Um, and so it, we had at this is a live show at Skankfest. There was a we had a we put up a tarp, and then we had three or four contestants, and they had to put their penises through a hole. And we had like three or four different rounds where they had to do like a talent competition or a costume competition, like they on had, the on, on the their, penis. Yes, mm-hmm. they had to dress it up. They had to do something like. What were some of the talents that they would do? So there was, I'm trying to think of the things that stood stand out to me. It's just like this particular day, I was so tired because I'm also working at Skankfest. Yeah. And I had just finished my first time like on stage roast battling Mike Harrington, okay. which took, I don't like to be on stage. So that like took a lot out of me. So I was like tired and like not really into it. So my memory is a little uh, uh, faded on this. But I remember because like people joke a lot about how I like to date guys from prison, which is only partially true. And uh, <laughs> only partially, <laughs> it's okay. only partially true. Go ahead, write it down. <laughs> and uh, so one of the guys like dressed up his penis like an inmate, where it had like you know the black stripes, you know, like the typical like cartoon yeah. inmate um, ones. Um, I think two of them did some sort of inmate thing, and then one person did like some weird thing with his balls, where he like moved them. It was a weird like thing. like fung wall balls, not with like- his hands. <laughs> Just like on their own. On their own? Yeah. Yeah. You can can go- we do that? I know I can like I can bounce the shaft like if I flex the PC mode. I you can move you can just he just moved his balls. I yeah, that's what I yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I don't think you should have sex with that person. <laughs> well, I, didn't. I don't, don't even worry. know who it was. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> that I is not the one. <laughs> from my like very fuzzy memory of this, I believe that they all ended up trying to do this thing after the first person did yeah. it. And they were all able to do it in like varying degrees of each other. <laughs> but the episode I mean the episode's on on the website. I don't know how you'd have to go back far. <laughs> But yeah, but anyway, I mean, this one didn't work out. The guy that won, he's fine, you know, fine from Florida because apparently no one from New York can ever win this. And uh, the funny part is, um, so we ended up having to go on a date with each other because like he won. And then Ralph said, you know, I'm obviously not going to make you go by yourself with a stranger. So Ralph was going to come with us with some chick that he was dating. So okay. it was going to be the four of us. And then my co-host, Maddie, was around. And he's like, oh, I'm going to also come. So him and his chick were going to come as well. And then Chris from Brooklyn from High Society Radio also joined because Ralph's chick canceled. So Chris was going to be Ralph's Ralph date. State. Yeah. So now it's all of us. So now this poor guy who is like a fan of the network and mm-hmm. like, you know, is like, you know, a fan of all of these people that he has to now go on a first date with somebody with all of them. Yeah. Um, so we all meet by like the check-in at Skankfest and he comes down holding a tissue to his nose and we're all like, what? I don't know what happened. And he's like, oh, I, I cut my, like my nose while I was shaving and it won't stop bleeding. That is not the story you say, dude. <laughs> You're at, this is at Skankfest? at Skankfest? You tell the believable story. I accidentally got into a fight. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Might've been more impressive. That would have been better. <laughs> that would have been a better story. Yeah, I would have accepted that lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we now all go to this like French restaurant a couple blocks away. Um, and so like we all sit down and he's still holding the tissue at his nose during the whole time. So he's also, and understandably so, like it's gotta be hard to like start conversations and stuff when you're embarrassed because you're bleeding. Um, But I tried my best to talk to him, but all of my friends are here. And he's a fan of the friends (laughs) and he's put in this difficult situation. Like there's this hot babe here who kind of has to talk to me for at least an hour. Or there are these all these people like I just fucking love every week, and I give them my money on the Patreon, the guest digital, and the blah blah blah. It's like ah, where do I? No, do I but look he at? didn't. He didn't. 
did he make, did he control himself in no, that regard? He, uh, no, but like to he went in the opposite direction where he didn't initiate any conversation with anybody. Right. And I could be wrong. Maybe my recollection of this isn't right. But Ralph would like look at me like talk to him. And it's like for me, I am already shut down because I am the girl here. You're the guy. You're supposed to talk to me. Oh. But I mean, I'm from Bensonhurst. Like I believe in I know, old school traditional values, as you can tell by this podcast about my sex life. Um, but yeah. So anyway, so after and maybe, he can't because he's like surrounded by strong personalities. He probably oh, doesn't yeah. even think anything he says is going to be remotely impressive against them. Quite, would you have been impressed if he was even trying making attempts in front of these guys? Yes, because here the way that it was set up was like there's a booth right here. He's sitting on this outside of the booth that I'm sitting here. And then we're sitting at this booth, the two of us together. And then to my left is Ralph and everybody else. else. So it's him and I right here. It would have been very easy for us to just have a conversation with everybody else not involved. Hey, Shannon, fuck these guys over (laughs) here. You know, tell me about your favorite soap or whatever. Any, Literally anything. Literally anything. But now I am having to scramble to think of things to say. You even getting paid on that night? Like, are you, uh, it sounds like you're like both on the clock and not, and it, I bet you, you wish you were. No, I get like a flat <laughs> fee for my stuff I do at Skankfest, so it's just all part of the same thing. A free meal, I guess. <laughs> but 15 minutes into it, he gets up and he's like, I'm sorry, I, I'll, I'll be right back. And he leaves the place. And he ended up going to CVS across the street to buy super glue and then went into the bathroom and glued his cut but told us this and then came back to the table with his glued. He, he really seems to insist on sharing all the worst <laughs> yes, parts. Because I don't want to know anything. <clears throat> yeah. And you could say nothing. You could lie. Like you really have every opportunity to get away with this really – these embarrassing decisions you're yeah. making, dude. Yeah. And so <laughs> after – like so we get through this whole thing. It's already whatever. I've given up. I'm just talking to them now. I'm just not being rude, but it's like I just can't. Yeah. And so we all go back. And then like later on that day – because now I went back to like my position. It's gang fest. And uh, so he comes by later on and brought me flowers which was very nice he's probably like you know i was they did a terrible job which he did but i also understand how it's a bad it's a horrible situation like you'd have to have like one like a killer personality and confidence to make it through what happened but i mean and anyone putting their balls through a glory hole in (laughs) front of a paying audience that's that's really a toss-up that type of person well (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't equate (laughs) is what we've learned but uh yeah that was it and then afterwards because he's he's from florida and then while at skankfest he was like should i you know do you want to like meet up again or whatever? I was like, let's let's DM a little bit first and just make sure it's like mm-hmm. worth it to do that. And we were just not just, for each other. Just did not work no. there. Yeah. Do they, have they done any other like big uh, eventy type stuff where they are <laughs> just really like taking your uh, your lack of, your celibacy and uh, abusing it for content? Yes, they have actually. <laughs> are you leading me into this? Uh, yes, if, if you <laughs> okay, care to share. Okay. So um, the next, the most recent thing was on my birthday. On the SDR show. Is this the one that you're talking about? I, I actually don't even know. I oh, know about okay. the dick pic thing from years ago. And then I think there was a dating show before that. I know Ralph hit me up for one of them. So when you said the North Carolina guy, I was buying my tongue to be like, well, you're telling me that like there was – we actually would have – I would have I was I would have <laughs> moved some things around my schedule. I was showing up because uh, I told – I think I had a thing. I told Ralph, I'm sorry. I re- Trust me. I love sharing my dick pic with hot people <laughs> and yet I can today. <laughs> no, that was the first – that was the first one, that dick pic dating because I had only been here – for like a year yeah. at that point. So that was really like the breaking me into what happens here at Gas sure. Digital was that one. But so on my birthday, which was last month, um, now 
So I love The Rock. The Rock is like my perfect ideal human being in mm -hmm. the world. And so Ralph kept telling me, he's like, what I really wanted to do was to get like an impersonator of The Rock to come in and like whatever. And I was like, okay. I was like, I appreciate that. I was like, but honestly, like who – who out there? Because this this isn't like an a person like a regular impersonator. This person has to like live, breathe, and sleep working out and stuff like that. For them to be like making that so much of their life, they're gonna do it, you know, being a rock impersonator. Like it doesn't make sense. But I was like, I appreciate it, cool, whatever. And Ralph sucks at surprises. Like <laughs> he'll try to keep it for like a day, and then he'll be like, okay, I just have to tell you this. Like he's really bad at like not not at like doing the surprise, but keeping it a secret. We had Mike Vecchione on the show, who you know I work on his podcast, Mike Vecchione Invest. Invest Gates and Maddie uh, from my podcast. It was like my two podcast husbands were here, Josh Adam Myers and Big J. And uh, all of a sudden, Ralph was like, okay, guys, let's do that thing. And I'm like, oh, no. And then they bring in the mobile camera in there. So I'm like, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> Something bad is going to happen. And then all of a sudden, the door opens and there is this gigantic, bald, like jacked man that comes into the room and takes off his clothes. And so he got me a stripper. Oh, is this the one that you had uh, posted in all the ads on, on Instagram? Probably. Okay, yeah. okay. That's thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. But it's like, I mean, this is like- they, they, they really love to use it as a stick. Just like, they're like, oh, well, what, what show can we build around Shannon not fucking anybody? It's just like, I, it, I don't, I, I don't know. I, he, I think he really thought I was going to enjoy this. <laughs> but it was so uncomfortable. But when, when it happened, it felt like it was lasting for 15 minutes, like the lap dance and everything. I was like, when is this? Is this the longest song ever? I don't remember. It's like Little John or something was on. And uh, and watching it back to edit the episode, it was like three minutes long. And I was like, this could not have been any longer. And then because I've been to bachelor parties and I know what strippers do. And so he's like, stand up. And I was like, don't flip me. <laughs> Please don't flip me. He's like, I have to. <laughs> I don't get paid if I don't flip yeah, you. I'm sorry. That, yeah. You're both just crying yeah. with you upside down, <laughs> yes. inverted, and Ralph's in the corner like. Exactly. All the guys are Don't so you excited. love a happy birthday, Shannon? <laughs> it was more like happy birthday for all the guys because they loved it. Yeah. And they loved how un I was so uncomfortable. There was nothing sexual about it to me at all. I appreciate he's a good looking guy he has a great body but I there is no connection that was made there that made it sexual to me I was just like please let this be over I hate it <laughs> I guess before we before we go it's like which do you dislike more uh putting yourself out there in the dating world or all the, the all the the gas digital shenanigans around your celibacy Oh, putting myself out there. I don't really. Mind. Okay, so yeah. you're like, I'll still take it. Just please don't make me have to, you know, match on Tinder. Please yeah, don't make me go exactly. on a first date. <laughs> yeah, because it's like to me, this is like, you know, I forget the microphones are here, Sorry. and it's like I've been here for so long now that it's just like my friends busting my chops. Yeah. It's like what it feels like here. It, you know, I forget that it's a thing putting being put out for entertainment, but out there is real life. Yeah. <laughs> and that is scary, and that sucks. Well, I hope that the result of all the therapy is that you uh, you get out there and you meet someone to hey, even if you're holding hands, it sounds like that's an upgrade. It sure is. Uh, I hope I hope that for you because it seems like I think you, I think you want it, and I think you're I think this is a very convenient, well paid distraction or mediocre. I don't know your I don't know what you get paid. <laughs> no, no, and Ralph, I don't know. Maybe I should rethink that statement. Um, but uh, Shannon, thank you for for chatting us. Where can people go uh, to find more of you uh, or to see some of the the shenanigans that they that these dudes put you through? <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram at Shannon Lee six nine eight two. I post lots of clips there. 
Um, GasDigitalNetwork.com is where all the shows are. And any show that I work on, you're going to hear me getting made fun of or made fool of in some way, shape, or form. Um, and my podcast is The Thing Is Ding. We talk about bad dates, fighting, and ghosts. But yeah, it's just like a weird grouping of, of topics. And it's like, you know, comedians or uh, reality TV stars, porn stars, musicians. It's a whole bunch of mm-hmm. everything on there. And we just have conversations about fun stuff. Killer, killer. Well, everyone go check that out. And Shannon, thanks for uh, for chatting with us. Why don't you, you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Thank you. For, thank you so much for having me. Uh, bye, everybody. Thanks again to Shannon Lee for chatting with us. Also, thank you to Norma Buster. You'll see links to both of them in the show notes of this episode, uh, as well as links to all of my social media and, and things you should know about me on the Internet. Uh, I would love to know what you thought about this week's episode. You can share your comments, your criticisms, maybe even some questions in the champagne room over in our episode discussion channel. Want to send something my way more directly? Send any and all of that over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Uh, that also goes for anyone who wants to claim that last manwhorecon room uh, or anyone who wants to get in on the fanwhore fancy football league. We'll be drafting in, uh, in late August. Only fans, now that I'm, I'm clearing up all that space on my phone, I can shoot some more content, content, am I right? I should quit. You're right. That's fair. That's a really fair choice. Last week, I finally recorded with AKA Got a Blowjob from my dear friend, uh, porn star Sonia Harcourt. So if you're following my OnlyFans, get ready to check that out. I was a, I was a very happy boy. And I'm always posting some cute shit, some hot shit. And occasionally some sexually funny stuff uh, at OnlyFans.com slash CallMeBilly. Boy, I've got a busy couple weeks coming up, everybody. Uh, I go get an STI testing for my friend's birthday gangbang. That's coming up. I'm going to go over to the West Coast for that. Then I got to fly back here. I got Man Horcon in upstate New York. Hell yeah. And then I got these like cute special people in my life. I got people who make me call them daddy. And I got I got a lady leaving me really cute fucking notes in my wallet when I sleep in at her place. Yo, life is blessed, y'all. It's crazy. Stay slutty. <laughs>